So, welcome, Dr. Taylor Burroughs, to Bridge to the Unknown podcast. Um, what a blessing to have connected with you via Twitter and to have you, you know, phone recording. And uh, yeah, I think we're gonna talk a little bit about like the the hookup culture, uh, your Twitter experience, um, and a little bit about you now. Uh, there's a lot of information about who you are and stuff like that. I don't feel like it's very much needed to, to go into that. I just kind of want to get into the, the meat and potatoes of this conversation. So, well, um, yeah, thank you for having me. Yes, yeah, it's, it's awesome. This is, uh, it's, I mean, this is kind of a big deal for me. This is like the first like PhD doctor on Bridge to the Unknown. So it's, uh, it's like we're popping that cherry. We're making progress with this podcast. So, <laughs> um, yeah, where to, where to kind of start? I watched a couple videos that you recommended uh, that I watch off of Love Life, um, a TV show thing that you've kind of created in the uh, Cayman Islands or the Caymans. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Commons, Caymans. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Cayman Islands. Cayman Islands. And so you were talking to, I would say, like a couple of, you know, I'm 34. I think they were about like 10 years old. They're talking about like the hookup culture and, and dating and 
what I really kind of want to know is what do you think it takes to have a successful relationship while using some of these apps that I feel a lot of people use misuse and some people have great success stories um, and I've heard some horror stories and I'm sure you have too but um yeah what does it take to have that relationship to maneuver through these apps in your opinions well I actually don't I don't advocate for the use of those apps right mm. uh, I don't think that they are I mean it, it's, it's obviously it's up to what your goal is yeah but if your goal is to have a, a healthy long-term relationship that's the last thing that that you should be doing in order to get there so for the most part those swipe apps are for casual sex hookups yeah uh, now it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen that occasionally people will end up in a successful relationship I can think of I think three couples off the top of my head that are have either married or close close to getting married um, I think our, our I don't know if you know nurse Patrice and her boyfriend Jack uh, on Twitter but uh, I believe if I'm not mistaken they've they've publicly said that they met on tin on tinder yeah really mm-hmm and they're you know they have distinct value system, they're monogamous, they're upstanding people, they're professionals. So there's there's definitely some people on there that are not just looking for casual sex. So I don't want people to assume that I'm excluding that possibility. But for the most part, the majority, vast, vast majority of people are on those uh, just for, I call it human masturbation, basically the hookup <laughs> culture. It's, yep. it's, it's, it's bringing in the addiction to porn and sex and masturbation into a human sort of depository where you can just sort of, it's like a, a junk food machine or a snack food machine where you just <laughs> you get what you want real quick and that's it, you know? So uh, that, wow. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's, that makes sense. That no, I mean, that, that makes, I mean, from my personal experiences and with my own issues of sexuality and the urges and suppressing and learning to deal with that, it's literally when I have the hookups, that's exactly how I feel. I feel as if I literally just was like, had someone here to masturbate with, you know, there was yep. no connection, um, you know, and even that, like where I'm at, not to be too graphic, but where I'm at with my spiritual work and inner um, understanding myself and my body and how it works. I physically can't work. Like my body, <clears throat> my body, my genitals won't work. They've stopped working in the middle when I feel lust and I feel like, or someone says like, I want you or I need that. Like, like someone's really just trying to drain my energy and I don't, they're not doing it consciously. They're doing it subconsciously, but I, I feel that. Um, I feel that's so true, you know, and it's, it's harmful to our bodies. Number one, I feel that we take on, a, there's a possibility, I don't know if this is factually something, but I feel that we take on traumas from other people. You know, like that is this most sacred space that we carry within us. And so many people are just giving it away for free and with no mindfulness, you know? So I, I completely agree with what you're saying with the masturbation, you know? Um, yeah, and even though there's there there might not be you know empirical evidence to support what you're saying, there's a lot of theoretical support and a lot of very learned people in the spiritual religious realms that 
do promote or assert that that sort of energetic exchange happens with sex, right? So um, it depends on your belief system, but I I do believe that you are, you're not just absorbing fluids, (laughs) you're absorbing what is in the fluids, which is essence and energy and all those things, right? Um, And and so you you do pass on um, that type of soulful, spiritual vibration to each other. I mean, if you look at the science behind it, it would be kind of like there's lots of empirical evidence to support that our brains communicate with each other, not telepathically, but like through the mirror neurons. So our moods are contagious. So if we can scientifically prove that our moods are contagious and when we're close to people, we pick up on their moods, wow. yeah. <laughs> then of course, it, it's if you put your body in somebody else, then, and you have this, you know, real surge of energy and emotion and body fluids, yeah. then yeah, there's gonna be other stuff that is gonna be shared. Now the, the longevity of that is up for debate, right? It might, yeah. it, like, let's say if it were, you know, substances, right? Like how long does marijuana or, or LSD or cocaine stay in your system on a cellular level? Some yeah. things last forever. So uh, the arguments I've heard is that some of the spiritual energy exchange can can pretty much be, you know, negligible amounts, but basically always there. Yeah. But there's there's other people that I've spoken to who believe that you can you can heal that. You can cut those ties. Oh, abs- can... absolutely. I am. So I'm, I do believe yep. that too. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I've I've had to do many of little rituals uh, in my own time with sage and. You know, I, I do some rituals with sage and eggs. Actually, eggs are a great one you take, like if you're in the shower, you're getting ready to get in the shower and you're standing there naked, you run the, the egg all up and down your body mm-hmm. in all different areas and the egg absorbs the energy. And, uh, you know, m- my old therapist, she was telling me there was times where she did it and when she threw the egg in the toilet, it literally erupted and bursted you know, because of the energy that was mm-hmm. carried. I mean, this comes back to like ancient Mexican yeah. and indigenous rituals. Um, you know, I, I do I do very much feel that you can, I mean, the sexual space in general is healing. And mm-hmm. so you can be able to reverse that, but that also takes, you know, self-awareness and, and you know, practicing and, and knowledge about, about that sort of stuff. But something that you just said that... Uh, the intention upon meeting you know i feel like us men were very you know and i come from this background of manipulating and saying everything we can to just get a nut mm-hmm. and uh when you go and you hook up with someone with this intention without verbalizing your actual like what it is that you want you're bringing that manipulating that negative low vibration or vibrational energy into that other person's life and then that other person has that also work that they've attracted that in their life. There's so much inner work that goes when you can look and see the type of people that you're attracting sexually is a direct reflection of where you are within yourself, within your own self-love, how you're being used and using other people or allowing yourself to be used. How do you feel about that sort of area of what I'm talking about in regards to the like the dating apps because it's so easy to hide behind text messaging you know it's it's so easy mm-hmm. well absolutely I, I i see a lot of the negative effects of that i've experienced some too as i was telling you sort of offline 
that, you know, I don't just speak from a theoretical, higher than thou sort of perspective. Yeah. I'm a human being as well. I was single before I got married, and I've been single since I haven't been married. So, you know, I've been, I've met people and had to go through and learn certain things, and people hurt people and hurt people hurt people more. Mm. So there are lots of situations where, you know, whether people were feeling um, like they had poor attachment figures growing yeah. up, like indirect trauma, or perhaps it was more direct trauma. Uh, you might see more women that have been sexually traumatized, but there are absolutely males who have been sexually traumatized as children, but maybe they don't even define it as sexual trauma, right? Maybe they've yeah. sort of internalized it as machismo or sort of like this uh, defensive um, uh, masculinity where, you know, they're they're kind of um, trying to compensate for the vulnerability that they experienced when they were young children. Yeah. So you'll see all of that, especially play out in this type of hedonistic environment. Um, and, I, okay, literally, this was this is a, a funny story. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I love stories. Tell stories. I, I I do a lot of public speaking and presentations and trainings for yeah. various groups, and I also was like, a, I got some award about a young Canaanian leadership finalist or something like that, and it's yeah. a big to do thing. And then all the community um, schools and organizations start asking you to speak to their yeah. kids, right? Yeah, yeah. So between my work, doing it about trauma, and this thing that I got, uh, and I always tend to talk about the same sort of topics, about healthy relationships and trauma and general mental health. And so I went to a school, it was a high school, but it was a young, the younger ages, because mm -hmm. we have um, high school a little bit younger here. Okay. And uh, so it was a room, the whole auditorium full of the younger age group of high school students. And I spoke about the topic um, that I, the way that I word it is called self-exploitation. Mm. So I was getting a lot of clients, um, like parents were bringing in their kids from school, um, complaining that they were sending nude photos to each other. So you see these, I mean, high school is about, I think it starts at 12 here. Yeah. So 12, 12 year old students sending nude pictures to each other and then the backlash is that, you know, somebody broke up with somebody or somebody made fun of somebody and then the picture gets passed around. Oh, and, man. and technically it's a crime, right? Like wow. the, the cyber crime and it's pedophilia. So it's this embedded huge issue. And I would get the clinical aspect of them coming to me and what do they do and how do they deal with the school and how do they deal with the police and it's a mess, right? Wow. And let alone the social dynamics involved, they're horrible. So all the students feeling like, and then they get depressed, they get suicidal. Yeah. You know, it's like the, the world is crashing around crashing. them. That everyone yeah. thinks that they're a whore and they're easy and their life is now gone, like over. The epitome she, of being slut-shamed. Exactly, exactly. And it's because, you know, one, she didn't, wow. she didn't understand boundaries. She didn't understand that boys well, you know, they're just, that's the way their bodies and their biology is built. And they have to develop consciousness, self-awareness, and intentional value systems um, in order to really learn how to socialize themselves properly, right? And so they want to be validated. They want to be liked. They don't know how to say no. 
Um, sometimes they even get, you know, sort of um, coerced into it because the, the guy doesn't necessarily think that he's doing anything wrong, but he's manipulating her and sometimes even um, blackmailing her into sending them, right? Wow, yeah. So it starts from a very, very young age. And there's very little that I can do, uh, you know, on the other side, like the treatment side is, is, is one thing, yeah. but it's the prevention side that we really need to focus on. So I do these, getting back to the story, sorry. Yeah, get no, on, yeah. I get on my soapbox a little bit, but um, <laughs> I, I, okay. I do some of these trainings on self-exploitation. So I teach the youth about how to develop these boundaries for themselves and to understand the dynamics involved. And, and really what I'm doing on Twitter with adults <laughs> who are like yeah. 30 years older than them is the same thing. And it's important to recognize that you have to be aware of what your values are and your self-worth and yeah. feeling secure enough to say no and learn how to do that. Um, otherwise, you're really just exploiting yourself be, and not taking responsibility for it. And then you're pointing the finger and saying, well, he made me do it. And that might be true. He has his responsibility, but you yeah. have to do your part, right? Yeah. So anyway, the funny part of the story, I promise you that it gets funny. So <laughs> the funny part of the story is that I'm giving this training and all the teachers, they're like glued to me, you know, listening to me because they're like, oh my God, she's talking about this like blatantly right yeah, in front of yeah, everybody, you know? Yeah. And so all the teachers are, are like just really in, 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 uh, intent. And the students were engaged. Like some of them, they like really rose their hand. They were asking yeah. questions. Some came up to me afterwards and gave me a hug. It was the sweetest thing. Um, but in the middle of the, you know, part of the training was I talked specifically about the swipe apps because, you know, they, or uh, Snapchat is really the popular one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm talking about all these hookup culture things and and then afterwards, I was thinking to myself after this experience, I was like, you know what? I feel like a little bit like one of those school moms because I'm talking badly about it, but I have no idea what it's like. So <laughs> I actually I actually downloaded the app and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do a little like research reconnaissance because yeah. I, I do that all the time, right? Yeah. And so I, I went on the app and you know, it was it was interesting. So Cayman is so small again that like you go through it, it's like super duper fast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, there might be like 50 people and you know everybody. <laughs> so yeah. there, there's no there's no mystery involved. It, it, it's not the Ugh. same as if you're in a big city, right? Yeah. But there was this one guy that I matched with and we we're chatting and I didn't know who he was. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden he said, you know what? Your presentation was really oh. good today. <laughs> And, oh, and like, full circle. Excuse me? He's like, yeah, I'm one of the teachers there. Oh my God. <laughs> what? And I was like, no way, that is too funny. And so then I explained to him, I was like, well, you caught me. I'm doing an experiment. Yeah. You heard me talk about the app today. So I figured I might as well go on yeah. and see what it's like and yep. see what people do. Yep. And and I actually was on it for probably like a month or so. Yeah. And I met up with a stranger. Like I did all this like yeah. intentionally, right? So I yeah. met up with a stranger at a public place and it was the most uncomfortable, awkward thing ever. And at the end of it, like, I think he was expecting something yeah. uh, like for me to go somewhere with him, like whether it was to a next place to get drunk or go yeah. back to his house. I don't know. And it was an older guy too, right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, I, and I just looked at him and I was like, 
you're, nothing is happening here. So I, I'm not, I'm not attracted to or interested in anything other than that conversation. So see, you know, good to meet you. Yeah. And he just looked at me with these eyes of like, oh, how could you say that? I'm like, well, you know, what do you, so people really do expect it to yeah. just be a hookup and that's it. <laughs> well, and that's, see, it's one thing, uh, it's this fear, like people have this, so, the things that you've said, something like with the kids, right? And you see that the kids are acting the same way as the adults. And I feel that there's some responsibility on the parents, you know, because the kids, you know, this seeking, like not being able to say no, like not wanting someone to not like me or the fear of not being liked, accepted or shamed or all this stuff. like there's a certain role that the parents have to, to talk to these kids about these experiences, but the parents can't talk about this stuff because they're doing the same thing. Right. And it's, it's like this catch 22 and kids are just, they're so overstimulated with the apps. They want to present themselves a certain way and the adults are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I just, I can't help but think and, and feel deeply about the wounded little children that are inside of us that long to be loved and are just projecting the love that we need for ourselves onto these people that we think are gonna bring us love, whether it's through sexuality, through hooking up, um, people buying us things, manipulating men so that we have sugar daddies or sugar mamas. Like, it's it's fascinating to me. And I, I feel, I also feel that the, the, like the swipe life, if you will, mm -hmm. creates, creates this thing of like, you know how they say that you know if you're going to sleep with somebody or if you would sleep with somebody within the first five seconds of meeting them? You ever heard that before? No, yeah, but I mean, it's true, although you have a consciousness and can decide not to. App, well, exactly. But the thing that's, that these apps, it's like you look at someone and it's just this like, yes, I would fuck them. No, I wouldn't. Yes, I would. No, I wouldn't. Yes, I would. We're basing everything off of just the looks alone, like, Give me five minutes and hear my heart. You know what I mean? And when you look at my my profile, like I'll say, like my profile on on uh, on Bumble and POF is I'm so forthright. Like I'm looking for someone to cuddle with that can connect heart to heart, explore, see where the relationship may go. Yes, I want to be intimate. That is something that I would like, but I'm not just going to do I'm just not going to sleep with anyone anymore because I've seen mm -hmm. how draining it is I see how it literally last night I had a hookup and after I left I couldn't I couldn't have sex with her and my body started aching so bad last night like and I remember being with her and feeling my body kind of shake and tremble and it wasn't a very my body was like contracting as if it was saying like no this isn't what I want this isn't you know, my soul doesn't want this. This isn't, I'm using somebody, you know, and they're using me because they, and we didn't communicate. It's not like, hey, I, I want to use you. You know what I mean? And I've had to say this to a couple girls to get it out of my system so I can verbalize it. Like, I don't want to use you and I don't want to be used anymore. And it was such a pivotal moment actually having to say that to another woman. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was, it was, you know, you could see the shock in her face, like, oh my God, like he's speaking, you know, I'm speaking from my heart. Right. No one, you know, no one deserves to be used. Um, and, and we, 
it's just such a, ah, it hurts. Like it hurts because I'm guilty of it. And I've had to release the shame and guilt after I faced what I've done for so long to women mm -hmm. and lying and cheating and stealing and manipulating, you know, and I, I appreciate what you post on Twitter about like what it takes to be, I mean, what it takes to be, uh, a, a, like to be, to attract the right, you know, when you pro, would you put for the girl, like what want to be girlfriend <laughs> material, right? If you yeah. want him, if you want him to look you down, then be fit, healthy, beautiful, have good hygiene and grooming, be classy and feminine, be lovely, nurturing and domesticated, uh, be unselfish and supportive, be loyal, respectful, be fertile and unslutty. These are some bold, bold things. And it, I, I don't disagree. I wish I would see on this the like independence. For me, a woman that's independent is so, you know, there's a balance between being independent and, and wanting to be with someone. I feel like that's a very strong trait too. But this is mm -hmm. how, how do you, so when you post these things, what are the responses? What, like, what are your mm -hmm. observations with this stuff when people hate it, when they love it? Like, sure. Well, yeah. first of all, I don't put the individual personality stuff on here. I'm, I'm, I'm whittling down to the nuts and bolts. Yeah. Um, and it's not, it's not actually my opinion personally. Uh, I guess it's evolved to merge with, you know, what I understand is, is needed. So yeah. now it's, it's, a, it's knowing that these are things that I'm developing in myself constantly. Um, because I know that the right person I want in my to share my life with yeah. is going to want that as well, right? So it's a reflexive understanding empathically of what we need to give to each other to develop and cultivate that healthy relationship, right? Yeah. So I don't put individualistic personality stuff into into these sort of very you know um, yeah. basic basic lists, but um, I know I'm gonna get a backlash from these things because people are you know very triggered by these traits. And, and funny enough, the reason why I wrote this specifically, and and I'm not actually automatically um, urged like just naturally to write them. Somebody asked me in response to one I did about men. I had written one about it's not that hard to be irresistible to a woman. All you have to do is, and then there was a few lists. Yeah. But see the difference is um, in that sense, um, that was more sexual, I guess, Yeah. from, from the woman's perspective, because um, men assume that women are only attracted to certain aspects, mostly like money, height, you know, hotness, fitness. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I was challenging that idea there. And then somebody who read that and liked it said, could you make one for the opposite for what yeah. it would take for a, a, a woman to be, you know, relationship material. And I thought about it and I was like, yeah, let me, let me put something together. So I just did that this morning. And obviously now there's people responding to the bat that to say, where's the men? And I'm just like, you need to actually read my content. I put something out there from every perspective yeah. to take one, one post and, you know, criticize it for that purpose is so small minded. It's so narrow. 
um, people, you know, they focus on these one little examples, the micro yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, like it's a whole interconnected tapestry. So anyway, but there's definitely a lot of response to that saying, you know, well, women don't have to be in the kitchen baking and wearing dresses to be feminine. And that's absolutely true. I'm not even that feminine. I yeah. am now. I, I mean, yeah. I've always been a bit feminine, but it's 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 there's been a lot of you know duration of my life where the masculine energy has superseded it yeah. and so i've had to really you know highlight and emphasize my feminine for my own reasons and it's sometimes a conscious thing and that's okay but um uh like especially in canada it's not like i wore any skirts in the snow you know <laughs> <laughs> i actually asked my sister i said Belinda, does anyone ever wear like skirts in the snow <laughs> and, <laughs> and i think maybe like if you're going out out people will wear tights yeah. um under in boots and jackets and stuff when in cold weather but in general you know there are times where it, it's not it's, there are other ways to be feminine you don't have to to always have these sort of stereotypical uh, signs and signals that you're feminine. It's more of an internal thing, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's the same sort of with uh, parallel to masculinity. It has to be your, your internal implicit way of being uh, and it's an energy. But in regards to that tweet from this morning, I got a lot of backlash for that, for the domesticated, for the, the classy and feminine. Well, so, I mean, yeah, I think you could. I think you can catch a lot of slack from like your new dark wave feminism, like the feminist <laughs> sort of things. Like, I mean, all this stuff has gone so, ugh, like. Well, let alone the fertile and the unslutty, right? Oh like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that triggers a ton of people too. Like my last tweet that went viral, and people were up in arms because I said, "Don't have sex between relationships. Don't have casual sex between relationships." But just like we were talking about before, there's a way to have casual sex if that's what you want. Yes. That is at least in a upfront and healthier way. The same way you can't yeah. have safe sex, you can only have safer sex. Yeah. It's the same thing. There's yeah. all these levels in between. Yep. So yep. you can have conscious, you know, unattached sex is what I would call it. Not yeah. casual. Sex yeah. is never really casual. It's just a matter of being upfront, um, being self-aware, yeah. knowing what your boundaries are, yeah. being able to communicate that, yeah. um, and making sure that the other person is on the same page, right? You have to know yeah. what your filter is. If you don't know how to filter people, yeah. then you're gonna let these people, toxic people, unhealthy people, maybe you know, traumatized people yeah. in, and then it's not gonna work. So yeah. you have to have all of those elements in order for it to be safer, unattached sex like without any sort of strings attached but you're yeah. connected and you're sharing something meaningful with that person so i don't qualify that as casual sex interesting what um okay let's so we've talked a little bit about the the swipe life you know with the kids and the adults i mean there's there's good stories there's bad stories this is just kind of where we're heading as a society you know um we want everything instantaneously, so these apps are helping, and and they're helping, uh, not helping, they're part of that. But let's, I'm actually, you know, for myself, where I'm at as a man, you know, 34 years old, going to meet my son for the first time, who's seven years old in Sweden, um, 
Wow. That's yeah, great. like, yeah, we, I had a child when I was 25. It was like a daddy trap situation. It was pretty, oh, yeah. pretty, pretty, and, pretty traumatic. You know, we met off mm-hmm. of MySpace and uh, back in the MySpace days and mm-hmm. kept in contact. You know, she didn't really want much from me other than to just be in his life. Mm-hmm. So I am, you know, stepping into this role of more of a man than I've ever seen in, in myself. And wanting to take that step and going and visiting my son on his seventh birthday and surprising him, I can't help but think about, man, like, I, you know, wanting to travel, but also really wanting, like, a woman and getting myself to a place, not wanting a woman, but wanting to be in a successful, beautiful relationship, a beautiful partnership, a beautiful mirror. Um, what, what does it take? You know, like in your in your opinion, because I know what I've been going through to get to this certain point where I'm finally starting to see that I could I'm at a place where I could possibly start a relationship. Um, there's some certain things, you know, my finances, my freelance life can be a little bit of a hindrance on that. But what do you feel if you were to tell me like, Justin, this is what I think is the best way to have a, a successful relationship. What would you say? Well, I mean, what happens before you establish it is so much more important than, you know, what happens after. Mm. Um, so it should be relatively, relatively at ease, you know, not, not, not necessarily easy, like there's no effort, but just you've done all the hard work. It's almost like parenting, right? Like you've yeah. done all of the prep yeah. work by the time they're 13 years old. Then you kind of just, you know, you're like the buffers on the, in the bowling alley. Yeah. Uh, on the what do you call it the, the bumper anyway. the bumpers yeah the bumpers, the, the bumpers. Sorry. yeah yeah, yeah the so i don't really off. <laughs> i don't i don't bowl very often <laughs> but when i do i need the bumper no i don't it's okay so like i said before you know it, you have to know what you want and we all go through phases but in general Actually, parenting has a lot to do with that as well. And if yeah. we are brought up with specific religion, spirituality, or value systems, belief systems, um, you know, those are all taught. We learn those sorts of um, ideas of right and wrong, morals. <clears throat> and I've been talking a lot, a lot about moral objectivity lately and right and wrong. Now, <laughs> I, I don't know where get, people get the, like, they start calling me trad and Bible thumping, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not not any of those things but um i i've come full circle in my life and i know i know myself so well so when i talk about values it's integrating a lot of things so it's self-knowledge in addition to my upbringing so before i may have rebelled a lot from whatever you know from uh, the authority figures in my life i guess yeah um for various reasons mostly trauma um and grief and stuff like that and 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 then I was just yeah I had a hard time understanding um, what I was looking for and it, it even I wrote a blog recently about about it I think but lo- losing my father and my brother were really pivotal for for me wow. in the development of my yeah. relationships because I lost my brother when I was 16 wow. um, and I lost my father when I was 24 Wow. Uh, but he, I lost him and slowly, like gradually, because he was, he had Alzheimer's. So he kind of left mm. um, mentally uh, from my life. 
when I was 17 as well. So by the time I was that, you know, teenager, I had I had this this thirst for a male role in my life, you know, yeah. this sort of love that I that I felt I had lost. And I think that that put me in in a vulnerable position. Although I had long-term relationships, so were you mm-hmm. were you looking to fulfill that loss, that void, that like uh, having two male um, close males, your father and brother, is that something that you feel that maybe you are looking at other people to fulfill, like a, a space? Is that well, I was very, very, very close with my brother and my father, but um. I was always a very affectionate, loving child, and yeah. my mother and I were close. But um, she was more of the sort of suffocating type. Like she was very like I co-slept with my parents until I was probably about fourteen. So wow, <laughs> imagine wow. the emotional attachment that I had with them, right? Yeah. Uh, but I was closer with my father. Um, people would think that my mother and I were closer, but our personalities are very, very different. Yeah. Um, I'm much more like my father in my logical brain. I guess you can imagine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the same sort of tension I have with a lot of females. But um, you know, I can get on with females in shorter spurts, but if they don't have a very rational, logical side to them, yeah. it's hard. So the females that I'm closest to have a masculine energy as well. Yeah. Um, they, they may be very feminine in some ways, but they also have this this masculine sort of strong foundation as well. Anyway, getting back to the point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> with um, with that, you know, I didn't just lose the male authority figures. I lost the mirrors, I guess, like the people in my life that I felt yeah. most most um, alike. Yeah. Um, and without them, I was left with people I didn't get along with as much. And I felt like I, the people that understood me, that protected me, um, that gave me the love and attention and affection uh, in a way that made sense to me and that I wanted was gone. So yeah, yeah, that was that was definitely a void for me. And then, you know, my mom would give me love, but it just, she gave me love the way she wanted to. She never really gave me love the way I needed. I wanted it. Yeah, or maybe that you needed. But, as yeah. A, yeah, but you know, as you grow up, you 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 forgive, or hopefully you forgive your parents yeah. for their, yeah. their shortcomings, and you hopefully. realize they, they did the best that they could, and, and I'm pretty lucky, and I love my mother, yeah. and uh, you know, I would be devastated if something happens to her, or when it does, yeah. but it, it was just it at the time being less mature and 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 needing so much from her she's actually not not very emotionally aware of herself so there was a lot of in a lot of ways i had to or i didn't really parent her but i had to parent myself yeah so, so okay. yeah i didn't no, have no. that i so I was looking for, if we talk about masculine and feminine, yeah. I was looking for that type of objectivity and groundedness from men because uh, I didn't have that at home, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's like that which you were lacking, you were seeking, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so do you feel that you found, I mean, I... Mm, do you feel that you have found that more groundedness and that which you were seeking within yourself? And now that you've found that within yourself, that's opening you to 
find that perfect match that kind of meets what it is that you're seeking in the male and in, 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 in a relationship? It's all of that and more. Um, me, I think I, I've, I've, I'm always growing. I've always been able to develop and grow, evolve, transform quickly. Um, yeah. You know, I'm never stagnant. And yeah. so, you know, even though I made a lot of mistakes or I learned from them, and yeah. I, I probably re regret certain things, like, but I wouldn't be here today. So it's hard to say I regret them, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for example, with my ex husband. So if I had known what I know now, I would not have gotten married to him. Yeah. Uh, but it's hard to say I regret it because would I be here? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it taught you there's so many invaluable lessons that go through those trying times. You know, it, it, it's really hard when you can, like all those things that we think were mistakes or wrong or things that we regret, like you're saying, you look at where we are now, we wouldn't be where we are right, where we are right now without those mistakes or those challenges. Um, you know, but given that you're the type of person that can take accountability and look at yourself and do the self-reflection that's needed and the self-inquiry that's needed to grow. Um, and I feel that more and more people and more and more men, I'm, I'm seeing this on Twitter too, is like the redefining what society has pegged as the masculine, you know what I mean? Like the muscular, the guy with all the money, the opportunities, you know, the way that we have kind of painted what a man is I feel like that is deeply shifting I feel more that I see within especially within the spiritual communities working with ayahuasca and plant-based medicines and um, seeing a lot of these men that are coming to these ceremonies I just was at um, upstate New York here and we had a mushroom ceremony where everyone was taking mushrooms and there were a 45 year old man who is going, who's living in a transition shelter, who's leaving his wife, his kids, everything, because his, his relationship is just horrible. And giving up everything, and these men, hearing them talk, like I was sharing my experiences with what I've been going through, it's opening the door to heal my father, and the nurturing, and the hugging that's happening between different men, and being able to look at one of my best friends who's a man, and like be able to cuddle with him and like be there and men crying and I'm seeing it over and over and it's just so beautiful. It's so beautiful that you can see the merging of the feminine and I'm not meaning like, you know, vagina feminine, but like the cosmic feminine yin and yang energy into the masculine being and vice versa, like the anima and animus. And it, it, it's so, I, I feel this shift. I feel it and I, I feel it within myself. You know, and, and I am seeing it externally with other men that I'm I'm meeting. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't. I believe that there has been this pressure for men to be more feminine. Uh, and I've talked about that in regards to this APA publication yeah, about the guidelines, right? Yeah, you called me out the other day on Twitter because I like and I've been going through this right the feel like getting... you just said it you said I I feel that that is not a feeling that's a thought you need to stop doing that <laughs> no, this is so good and and you're right so I um I feel very uh I feel very ooh. I I think 
man, this is like, you <laughs> called me on this, right? Cause like my therapist working for her because I was very, I had no feminine energy in me whatsoever. And ayahuasca I feel has brought, has opened me up to my feelings and has helped me face my feelings and not run from them with crying and, and being there. And now I'm at a point where I'm learning to embrace the masculinity, embrace the femininity and become like a total, a total masculine man, if that makes sense. Like taking these parts, like the nurturing, the feeling, the emotions, all of that. And then the action, you know, the basically, yeah. Well, I just want to clarify the reason why I, I point that out is because it's not about contriving this feminizing of, of men, right? It's yeah. that you want to be self-aware and you want to be other aware. And mm. in order to develop those relational skills and own your own self-regulation skills, you need to be accurate about what you're talking about. Yeah. So emotional literacy is so underdeveloped for adults in general. If you're going to, if you're going to tell men to express their emotions, uh, they don't need to express their emotions all over the place. All they need to do is be more emotionally literate so they can call a feeling, like an experience of what, of what they are sensing in themselves, call it what it is. So do you think that we're putting too much pressure on the masculine to be, to embrace their femininity? Absolutely. That's why I think it's a problem in, in therapy is because, and I had this, this debate with someone, I ended up blocking them because they're just taking up too much of my time and they don't yeah. follow me anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's my thing. It's like, if you're going to come in and be argumentative and take up a bunch of my time, yeah, and you don't follow me, then I have no time for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's just yeah. it's a matter of of, of effectiveness. But yeah. um, you've made your point anyway, so I've already absorbed whatever knowledge you feel that you want to give to me. Yeah, uh, and and now I can respond to it and create content from that anyway. But their 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 um, criticism was that they study the history of psychology yeah. and they're they're in medicine and. Their point was psychology was developed by thirty, you know, grown ass white men, <laughs> yeah. and it's a misogynistic um, ideology. And how could you call it a feminized? Da, 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 da. And I said, listen, I'm not saying the roots of it were made by women. I'm saying that maybe the men weren't actually wrong in calling a spade a spade, but because of the way we've socialized we've started to view it as misogynistic and gotten defensive and reactive. And now it's pressured psychology to warp into a feminized field. And it absolutely has from my experience wow. and from wow. the effects that I've seen in people, men do not want to go to therapy because it's not how they function. It doesn't make them feel good. They feel like they're attacked, that the therapist always takes the woman's side if they're going in for couples counseling. And so they feel victimized and they just don't want to go. And otherwise they don't want to sit. They're not going to opt to do something that they don't enjoy. If therapy isn't actually beneficial and you don't like enjoy it, why would people pay for it? <laughs> so, so what, so what's the, so what's the solution to this? What is the solution to be able to help men that need the help and give them an environment, a space? Is that where like developing 
you know, men retreats, other men that have gone through healing and these certain things to open up spaces for... It's for just a matter of how does a man heal? A man heals by doing, right? They don't heal by talking about their feelings. That's just not how men heal. They, yeah, they translate into action. But I, I can kind of disagree. I, I find an area to disagree in a sense because the biggest way that I've gone through healing is by facing my feelings. I mean, check this out. Four, uh, seven years ago, I was sitting in a jail cell because I, was, I lost myself to an image identity becoming well-known in Miami as like an art curator. I had like the little, you know, paparazzi people coming into the vents and, and this whole image of who I was, I lost myself in this. Became very angry and I built this life with a, a, a woman that I allowed myself to love. The first woman that I never cheated on, never just was a, a good boyfriend, what I thought. And long behold, a year and a half later, I put my hands around her throat in a fight over mac and cheese. Mac and cheese tasted horrible. It was not made with love and I called it out. And next thing you know, mac and cheese is being flown and flung across the room. So I'm sitting in a prison cell because I got in a domestic disturbance. Like I went to federal prison for four nights in an orange jumpsuit and I had to sit and face myself and all these feelings that came around my parents, my father, my biggest monster. And so along with facing my feelings and facing these things and taking action, the balance of facing my feelings, taking action to not, to maneuver, to forgive, to release that, I feel that there's a- there, there's <laughs> I a, feel that, I feel that. I, I think, I think there's, well, from my experience, I think that there's a very good, there needs to be a balance in that. Of course, but why do you assume that it negates, you know, like it's not like a totalitarian thing. There are variations amongst people. So it's a stereotype, it's a generalization. And just like we talked about the anima and the animus in each person, you have a very strong feminine energy, whether or not you assume that, that, that you put your hands around her neck was a masculine thing, I disagree. I think that's reactive and I think that's feminine. Wow. You know, and I mean, and to be completely honest, I am definitely more on the feminine energetic. Uh, so like when I say the, men, when I say men in general, the assumption is that I'm talking about more masculinized men, right? Wow. So like for me, like, like I said, my energy used to be like, let's say I had 70% masculine and 30% yeah. feminine at one point. Now I'm much more balanced and I'm probably 50-50, right? Yeah. So when I say masculine, it means someone whose energy is predominantly, or a man, I'm talking about a man who's predominantly yeah. masculine. Um, and for women, I, when I say, you know, females, usually I'm talking about feminine women who are, yeah. have majority feminine energy, but there's a lot of variation amongst us and we work better when we have a better balance, balance. when yeah. it doesn't actually, it doesn't have to be 50, 50. I don't know why I said that, but like yeah. you should be, you should be more your gender if you're heterosexual, right? Yeah. It changes when you're, when you're homosexual, right? The energy's yeah. probably inverse, but well, not necessarily, but there's more, there's more, it doesn't really apply as much, but 
if you are a female and you're heterosexual, your feminine energy should be more than your masculine energy. If you're a man and you're heterosexual, your masculine energy should be more than your feminine energy. But you do not reject it. You don't reject your feminine energy. So that's where I agree with you is that you have to you have to acknowledge the feelings that you do have. Yeah. But a masculine man will not be led by their emotions. They will be led by their cognitions and their actions. Mm, yeah, see, I, exactly. And I was, I, I, makes perfect sense because I spent so much of my life being so reactive to my, like reacting upon my emotions. Like I, I was so overreactive so much of my <laughs> life. So, and I, I grew up with a very masculine stepfather. I mean, DEA agent, landscape, owned a landscaping company, was like supposed to go to Notre Dame as like a linebacker football player, like during the Rudy era, like was a, you know, just the total masculine. This man, you know, has no, like just not in touch with his feelings at all. And then it's just, I'm, I, I, I feel like, I, I think that mm, there's that whole, I feel, what, what is with that? What what is like you caught like you triggered this on me? Not triggered, like you you brought this up. And what is that? Why why do I go to say I feel versus I think? Like is it because I'm I feel like I, I I think that I'm getting out of my mind. I oh man, I just I'm so, going <laughs> because like I I I want I I want to connect with my body. I want my body to let me know what where i should go what i should do and not let my mind lead like i'm mm -hmm. if yeah i mean it sounds like you are now recognizing that that emotional reactivity is more of a or maybe you've recognized it before but it's more yeah. of a, a feminine trait right and it's yeah. funny because i'll have a, a well they'll come at me host with hostility and they'll defend themselves or they'll you know oppose what i'm saying um, and they'll say, well, why do you think that women are the emotional ones and men are the logical ones? I am very logical and uh, I know lots of women who are logical. I'm like, you're missing the point completely. Your feminine energy is, is emotional and your masculine energy is logical. And the fact that you're very logical means that you're very masculinized <laughs> and they totally don't get it. It's like, mind blown. <laughs> you're, you're, not, you're not actually like disagreeing with what I'm saying. You're just not understanding Same. the layers involved. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, all right, Dr. Taylor, we are at about an hour now. Um, is there, so I guess to kind of like maybe wrap this up a little bit, what, how, hmm, okay. Let me think about this for a second. Do, 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 do. Have you ha have you experienced open relationships, and do you feel that open relationships are beneficial, um, or that they're they're more detrimental to? Bring I mean, it depends on what your goals are, right? You say beneficial to what? Well, I think in the okay. So I guess from experience, being in an open relationship put me in this, and I put myself in a place to be accountable or hold myself accountable to being radically honest because I feel for myself, I want a partner that 
if I see someone that maybe I'm just physically attracted to or thought about sleeping with, that I can bring that up in the, com- in the relationship and communicate that and not be shamed. Like, why would you do this? That, that, that's wrong. Da, da, da. Like just, it, it, the open relationship taught me so much about communicating through things that normally we don't want to communicate about. You know, like if we're in a relationship, the last thing we want to do is talk about how we just were sexually attracted to someone else. And I guess that kind of brings up the question, do you feel that we're monogamous by nature or do you feel that we aren't? Okay, so there's a few things there. Um, if you know what you want, right? They say the one thing that you, or the something that you can absolutely do in order to evolve and develop yourself as a person is A, get into a relationship or be start a business right yeah yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, so if we were actually that self-aware and intentional by our choices we could say okay well I want to learn how to juggle lots of people in my life which is going to increase my communication skills and my detachment from people and being able to express myself uh, sexually in various ways and not be jealous if I wanted to learn those lessons the yeah. appropriate context may be an open relationship, right? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if, that's, if that's the outcome that you wanted, then you would seek that method. But if you're saying, I want to have a family and I want to learn how to be loyal and I want to learn how to develop myself with a singular focus um, and, and bring up children in an environment where they feel like they have consistency and reliability and a strong value system and all the things that go along with a monogamous heterosexual family. I and mean, you can be homosexual and have a lot of those same values as well. It's just yeah. a matter of, you know, sexual orientation being thrown into the mix. But that would be a, mon- a monogamous sort of, um, whether it's an intact family or whether it's yeah. childless or whatever. That's, those are the goals that you're seeking implicitly. So that's the avenue that you go from. But I don't, I, you know, there's not many people, there's not really many successful models of open relationships and poly, polyamorous relationships longer term. A lot of yeah. those seems, seem to be developmental where there's different phases in your life where those can be more enjoyable or beneficial, you know, for the short term and the short term can last however many years, but eventually wow. when you're 70 years old, you know, yeah. you, don't, you don't really exist in that type of lifestyle. So I, if you're, I, you know. Yep, yep, I completely, I mean, and where I was in that point, it's like, man, I still, I'm at this place where I, I'm one of those people that falls in love with people instantly, right? So like I, I connect with people and I connect to heart when I meet people. And so I, there's this thing about me that like I, I love someone just from a conversation, you know, and I fall in love with that person. And then it's gotten me in trouble before, but where I was when I started that, that relationship, it makes perfect sense. It fit during that time where I was and her being in Berlin, but us really having this love, but it didn't bring us closer together in the end. It drove us apart, you know, and, and would I do it again? No, but at the same time, it, brought me a lot of understanding um, in sense that like, you know, sometimes people meet other people and being open and releasing that jealousy that like if somebody, if you're with someone and they meet someone else and they feel that way about them, being able to let them go and go experience that. And if we're meant to be together, then we'll be together and, you know, and we can communicate through this. 
you know, and being able, if someone cheats, um, being able to sit down and have that conversation and, and not be like fighting about it, but wanting to genuinely sit down and, and maybe try to work through it or to understand, it definitely brought me a lot of uh, relationship maturity or relationship mm -hmm. maturation, I guess, a lot of maturation mm -hmm. within the relationships. Um, yeah, I don't see myself wanting to be in an open relationship now. I just want to have an open line of communication because I can be a hypersexual being and I'm very flirtatious and that's just kind of my, my personality. Um, and so whoever I'm with, I need them to understand that, you know, and I like, and that I also need to respect boundaries and lines within that relationship as well. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I think another, another motivator for having polyamorous or open relationships is love. People who are led by more, um, I don't know if I would call it impulsive love or, or hedonistic love. Or I don't know exactly I think it's how. Like, I think it's like, bound, like, this is how I view, I feel like love is boundless. So I, I don't, for me, like, if I was, if I'm dating someone and she's like, you know, I met someone that I would like to sleep with. It's like, go sleep with him. Like, go sleep with him and we can talk about how it makes us feel and how you feel and kind of go into like a psychoanalysis about it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and analyze this together. If that's, you know, if, but that's the type of woman that I want in my life. Someone that is, it, someone that's deep someone that can communicate that doesn't fear communication and the challenging conversations that come up in relationships like i want mm -hmm. someone who's going to go to the trenches with me man like and, and if that's if it's on the up and up and the two this is what i say to couples when they come to me right yeah one of the first things in the first session that i say to them is there are no rules that I am going to impart onto you, like about your relationship. Yeah. My job, is, and part of my job is really just making sure that the two of you are agreeing to the same rules. <laughs> yeah. And this, this goes to that um, uh, covert contracts idea, right? Like we go into coupledom and marriage or whatever you want to call it, long-term relationships with all these covert contracts and they have not been made explicit. Nobody has agreed to them. We're making all oh. sorts of assumptions and misinterpretations. Yeah. And until they actually sit down and renegotiate terms of the relationship, you realize, oh my God, I am in something that I did not realize I was agreeing to and and it's not wow. good and I want to get out yeah um or you may realize oh my god I wish she did this like so long ago it would have avoided so many issues <laughs> um yeah but that's the thing is that we you know if you if you if an open relationship comes to see me in therapy polyamory I don't care what it is it doesn't matter to me yeah. I just want to make sure that it's at least done in the healthiest way possible now my personal opinion is that uh, a heterosexual um, I don't even really care about the heterosexual part so much, but the, the, when I talk about monogamy, it's usually yeah. embedded with that. Uh, and, and, and it's really not really, uh, an assumption of it goes together only, but just yeah. that it's a default definition. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, yeah. That's where I, it defaults too. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, cause yeah. I'm not, I, I'm sexual orientation to me is not, not as much of a big deal. Um, whether you're 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 gay or straight now it's all the other different variables that that is quite confusing so i deal with a lot uh, and i don't say deal in a negative way but just yeah. i see a lot of 
homosexual couples in addition to, to heterosexual couples. I kind yeah. of, you know, consider myself a non-conventional therapist. So whatever it is, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to work with you. But for me, yes, I think that if we're talking about ideals, ideals of um, human development, or if you're going to be raising a child, I think that you get to the highest point in your emotional de development in a monogamous long-term relationship. Uh, I think everything else is has benefits, and, yeah. and if that if that matches your personality, great. Just be upfront, communicate, and find someone who agrees to those terms. But I do think that a lot of those parts of our human psyche that are more um, I don't I don't want to say hedonistic in a bad way, but just they're more like immature in our development. They're more pleasure seeking. Yeah. Um, so that's when I, when I say hedonistic, it's 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 literally meant to be pleasure seeking, whereas. Yeah monogamous long-term relationships are about service and we get to that highest point of enlightenment when through, when, service. through, through service and so that's why it's more of a, a spiritual level because a lot of people talk about polyamory as being like the spiritual enlightenment and it's bs it's not what it does at all um you know it, it's more of just like a, an outcome of this this anything goes mentality um now there are people who have um, polygamous marriages and relationships in other religions, and that's their belief system. So, yeah. it, so that, that works. That works exactly. Yeah, you know, I, it, 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 <laughs> I find myself being a little triggered because it's like, man, the way you view relationships, in a sense, it's like I can't help but think of it as like a business transaction, and not not in a bad way, but like know what you want. It, like you're just very cut and dry with it, which I think is very enlightening, very comforting. And it's just like, it makes it more simple in a sense. Like, and I don't say like business trans, like not business transaction, but I was also taught like, don't get into business with someone you wouldn't get into bed with, you know, like, and I know it's kind of like an abstract thought. Or maybe the other way around, don't get into bed with somebody you wouldn't get go into business with. Right, exactly. So it goes both ways. <laughs> it's like, I mean, Wow. Well, did you read the one that I did today, which seems to be quite um, specific of the what makes a healthy long-term relationship? The oh, post that I had. Let me. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I did, number I did. one is is be a healthy individual. So that is embedded in there are a lot of things, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so that we could we could stretch out and flush out for a long time. But yeah. that's definitely important. But be, making sure when I'm working with couples, making sure that you prioritize the relationship as yeah. much as possible. Like you can't like just leave it and neglect it. Like there is, um, there's effort required in prioritizing that relationship. You have to honor it. It's very easy to like spin off into your own individualized realm. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to keep yourself in check. Uh, finances are often a problem so you have to make sure that that's clarified from the beginning if you are sharing a life together like it, if you're cohabitating if yeah you know that kind of thing you have to kind of get figure out those elements which really bleeds into um, clarifying the roles and a lot of times you know you don't have to talk about that explicitly if you are very complementary in in those aspects anyway they just more they fit together more easily um, but communicating communication is important conflict resolution problem solving those are all like mature adult, adult yeah. um, relationship skills that a lot yeah. of people don't have because oh my not god I them. think I, yeah I was gonna say I think majority of people don't at no. all 
at all. Like, I mean, it's just so great. It, it, I feel very honored and, and grateful to have this conversation, this mature conversation about this topic because I feel like so many, and for myself for so long, we're just so immature, caught in like this immature stage of relationships, you know, because we're, we're not doing the inner healing that we need. We're just going from one relationship to another and everything that we're seeking externally is that which is seeking us, you know, and we're projecting all of these things onto other people, expecting them to carry them. And these are all such immature, the marks of an immature being. You know, and right. I yeah. find myself being so inspired by this conversation, and I'm really, I'm really grateful to have connected with you, Dr. Taylor. Um, you know, and just the couple conversations, and I would love to keep having you on this show here and there to kind of check in because I know your beliefs are changing. You know, day to day, you learning something, and I know you, you appreciate that about your work. You know, and from a few years ago, I'm sure some of the beliefs that when you're talking about love life um, have changed, you know, and I think that's uh, beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I've been sort of documenting it. It's like a live thread about my research and where I'm at now and how I came to the point now where I realized that the devil is not some masculine patriarchal systemic sociocultural mm. you know, ideology that has objectified and enslaved women and children <laughs> yeah. when I, I i'm going back to my research and i found that i was like wow like i, I didn't call myself a feminist but the yeah. things that i believed implicitly because i was told and convinced that that was at the root of all evil Wow. Um, made me realize that I didn't even know I was a feminist and I didn't even know I was subscribing to I ideas that I didn't believe in. I, oh. I just was regurgitating them because oh. well, why else would people abuse people? It's got to be the guy's fault, you know? Um, so it's, it's wow. much more complicated, but I'm, I'm in process. I've done it in stages in my Twitter timeline. So my next one, I did a bunch last night, but I'm going to do some more about the actual how that got confronted. Um, I haven't really thought it through either to try to articulate it, but it's it's a it's a quite drastic you know transformation, and it, that's why it baffles me that like people are now calling me, you know, this really uber conservative traditional Bible thumping kind of whatever because I, I was like a wow. staunch social yeah. justice. Literally, I was a part of like the social justice. Like I don't know if it's called a committee, but a part of my American Counseling Association, yeah. you have you have different like subcommittees, mm -hmm. and I was a part, a member of the social justice <laughs> committee, and and I and I was I like got the journal and everything, you know. It's funny. <laughs> I mean that that's so, oh, like the regurgitating beliefs that we have no idea where we learned them from. They just were passed down to us. We saw our parents. Like we should just. Like we're born into this world, so this is how we should think. And it's right. It's so hard facing that. I've had to do it, you know, just with my therapist. Like it really losing my therapist or breaking up with my therapist really confronted me with going, Why do I believe this? What belief like it just left me shocked. Like Can I challenge you for to for a reframe? Yeah, for sure. I mean, do you it. don't have to take it, but this no, is just of course I will. this is just my my sense of things. Yeah. If you can reframe it from breaking up with your therapist to firing her, I think you'll you'll tap into something there. Wow. 
Oh my God. Cause I mean, essentially that's what I did. I mean, it's not working anymore. This was a business transaction. Oh my God. I gotta think on that. That's a good one, doc. <laughs> this is why, ladies and gentlemen, this is why Taylor has paid the big bucks. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> we're working on that. People don't seem to want to pay me for the things that I do. And I'm not talking about you, but just in general, like yeah. the amount of DMs that I get for asking for free advice. And then when I say, listen, you know, I'm happy to answer a general question, but you're they giving me like a book and asking me to fix you. That's therapy. And they're like, I'm not asking for therapy. I'm like, yes, you are. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yes, that's what you're asking me for. Well, I'm not paying you. I'm like, okay, then goodbye. <laughs> wow. I mean, in, in all honesty, I'm, I have been contemplating and in investing in some time with you. Um, once I get back from Dominican Republic and see how this goes, it's been, it's been on my, it's been on my mind because I, I like, you know, I, I just, I, I like your vibe. I like your cutthroat. I also like the non- <laughs> Yeah, like, well, like, it's like this, it's like this, like, there's no bullshit, you know? And I also kind of coming from someone that I was working with, uh, with therapy was very spiritual. Like this person is, it's just such a deeply, deeply spiritual process. And I don't really get, I mean, I get that you're in touch with the spiritual aspects, but it's not, like the foundation, like she's a spiritual psychotherapist, you know, mm -hmm. so a lot of, you know, dream interpretations, intuitive, you know, connecting, um, but it's it's a different approach with you that's, it, it intrigues me. Like, what would it be like? Like, what would my time be like invested in someone um, like yourself? And it, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that because if I feel that this now, I feel it'll be exciting to kind of work with you and um, maybe even being kind of like public about it, you know, like I like being creative about it in a sense. Cause I, I really am the type of person that I don't mind being all out there. I have nothing, mm -hmm. I have nothing to hide whatsoever. Um, and I think that might be kind of interesting approach. Yeah, I, I mean, that, there's, I would very much be happy to do some sessions with you and you know, we can talk about what you want and, and all that sort of stuff offline. But um, I'm, I'm definitely gonna be eventually using um, with consent and everything ethically above board, obviously. Yeah. But um, I, I do want some real life uh, sort of not role play, but like uh, case examples. Um, with clients. I mean, that's been brought up to me several times of where I should be headed with. Yeah, um, I, my... I, mm -hmm. I, I, I love that. I, cause you know, I, I did something, I don't know if you listened to it, but I did like a self therapy thing on the microphone as like, and I released it as a podcast and, you know, just crying and like working through this stuff and putting that out there, you know, that's that sort of, um, therapy sessions but being able to work with a doctor like yourself and go through this and and release it and to document it and to like listen back and and yeah there's something cool there dr taylor um mm -hmm. there's something really cool there I, I i like i like that i am uh i think we're at like an hour and a half um <laughs> this was this was a great enlightening conversation um I'm really grateful again for for connecting. Thank you, Twitter World, for bringing us together. And uh, is there anything that you want to say before we get off and we and we close this little episode? 
No, well, just thank you, Justin. I appreciate you hosting and and having this conversation with you. It's been, you know, good to 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 be able to talk more sort of unstructuredly about you know weaving personal stuff in too. Because a lot of times people just want to see you wearing one hat yeah, or the other. Yeah, so you know, yeah. you make that very very easy and, and comfortable. Um, but it is really important for people to understand that therapy is not some box, you know, that there, there are people that have different styles and you have to find the right one for you. Um, and obviously, you know, with credentials and training and clinical experience, there are some similarities across, you know, what, what we do, but it was specifically for me, you know, having my own individual style and, and, and personality and I put it out there. Um, you know, if it's something that you're interested in, I think it's it's beneficial for all of us to try it out. So definitely reach out to me. I'm, I'm happy to talk with you, but, you know, take it seriously. The boundaries are there to protect you as a client and me as a professional. So if we just treat it like it's an informal conversation, it's not really therapy and you're not going to get the benefits out of it. There is something spiritual that happens when therapy is done well. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a metaphysical thing. Yeah. And a lot of people do it from a textbook and it's not that effective, but yeah. I take it very seriously, but I do put a lot into it. Yeah. And so it can't just happen over text and a DM. It has to happen in the context of a proper session. So yeah. reach out to me through email or any way and we can start, but you can go to my website, which is dr doctor yeah. taylorburrows.com so it's cool. t-a-y-l-o-r-b-u-r-r-o-w-e-s i have such a long name it's really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but i'm so, sure you'll put it in the notes or something i will so i will it'll it. yep yep it'll all be on there i'll give you you know website the twitter all of that um ladies and gentlemen it's dr taylor burrows and this has been uh this has been awesome i'm looking forward to you know, other conversations as well, having you, you know, I would love to have some of the people that I've been interviewing, like to kind of check back and to see what's going on and, and to kind of create these characters in this, um, this story of the bridge to the unknown. You know, I don't know where all of this is going to lead and, but I know that something that just needs to be done. And I just want to bring good people together and that want to help and inspire and change themselves and change the world. So I really appreciate you, Dr. Taylor. Thank you for your time, because I know it's very valuable. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm, uh, all right. We'll talk to you soon.